This morning we're going to continue on in our series uh, looking at the characteristics of a godly family. Um, So over the last number of weeks we've talked about being a forgiving, uh, committed, accepting, encouraging and humble people. Uh, We still have being confident, sacrificial, generous and kind to come. But this morning we're going to focus on uh, the characteristic of being caring. Uh, And we're going to do that this morning looking at two people in the Bible. Firstly Ruth uh, and secondly Jesus because it's always good to talk about Jesus, right? Thanks, I'm glad, to, glad I got your agreement. Before we do that, though, there's two things I want to comment on. Um, one, we, we talked last week about this um, uh, the special offering we were running in the month of May to try and, where we, we'd budgeted to do more, you know, all the things that Jesus was telling us to do, um, but we didn't quite have enough money to do it, and so we started the year off in that position. Uh, and so we, we kind of said, look, we really want to keep on doing these things that Jesus is telling us to do us in faith. Uh, and we've had that special offering. I, I'm just blown away that we kind of said you know, two weeks ago, last week, that we'd raised around £21,000 out of that. Um, that's now above £25,000. Um, I just want to say thank you. Like, that's so, like, just the generosity of the people of this church is amazing. Um, I'm really encouraged and I really believe that when, if God calls us out and calls us to do things, then we want to go for it, right? We want to go and do what God's saying. I'm so encouraged seeing that provision coming, coming alongside it. Um, the other thing I want to encourage you is next, I really want to encourage you to make next week uh, a priority to be here. Um, I, you know, I have such a sense of expectation uh, for next week of, of how God will move. That, you know, the, the, a number of the elders and the senior leaders are over in Bogota, uh, as we said, and you know, they've described it as a as a church, a town, a country in the midst of revival. Uh, and I'm getting WhatsApp after WhatsApp of them talking about being powerfully, powerfully impacted. This morning I got two, one from Heather Lampard, who simply said, blown away, fire emoji, fire emoji. Uh, and the other one, just from Rich Green, just said, overwhelmed. Uh, and I just, I, I just love that. I love that you know, we, we've sent them and they're experiencing something powerfully of God. And so I want to encourage you to be here next week. Um, you know, more than that, I want to encourage you to pray this week. Um, pray, you know, pray for that morning. Pray that God would stir our hearts. Pray he would soften our hearts. Pray he would fill us with the Holy Spirit uh, well in advance of that meeting. I, I was just reminded back to, the, you know, kind of right before Pentecost, the guys praying in the upper room, and, and then, you know, then the Holy Spirit came. I just felt in the same way. Let's be a people, a praying people, seeking after God you know, this week, every week, uh, looking for God to move. I, I'm just expectant that when we do that, I've said that over and over again, but, you know, we, when we pray and we ask, God will move. Um, I'm just utterly convinced. So I really want to encourage you uh, to be there and to pray. Uh, but back to this morning, you know, we've been doing this series on the, the characteristics of the godly family. You know, we want to be a family of believers who demonstrate these characteristics. Why? Because I believe that when we do, um, God will move. Um, we'll see lives change. We'll see lives impacted. And what I love about these different characteristics is that different ones of us will have different strengths and different weaknesses you know, in these areas. And it means that as we get, we get to be a diverse people um, across our family, because it's not going to be that you know, a certain set of people are going to be really strong at everything and others are going to be weak. It's that these are a range of characteristics we have across our whole family. And I just love that it gives opportunity for different ones of us to take the lead uh, in these different areas. Um, yeah, and we're doing that in the context you know, of our, our church vision of being a diverse family, going and growing for the glory of God in Bedford and beyond. So this morning, I want to consider how we can grow and go in our caring of people. 
uh, both within and outside our church family, really putting on three or four kind of key points that ultimately I felt God was talking to me about for us um, as I consider this in the last few weeks. But first, let's pray. Uh, God, thank you. Uh, God, thank you you send your Holy Spirit, Lord. Uh, thank you you're an active, living God who come and moves amongst us. Uh, thank you, Lord, that even, even this morning as, as I come and preach, Lord, you can come and you can move us. Lord, I, I pray this morning you'd, uh, you'd come and speak to us, Lord. Uh, I pray give us an openness to hear, our, hear your word. Uh, I pray, Lord, give us an openness not to disqualify ourselves from anything you, share, you push towards us. Uh, yeah. Would you come and impact us and change us for your glory, God, we pray. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, so I want to start this morning by looking at Ruth. Um, because I think there's a couple of key things we can take away from the story in relation to caring. Um, if you cast, back, cast your mind back to last year, we preached through the book of Ruth. And we spent a number of month, a couple of months kind of taking some time to go through it. But uh, to recap in one sentence, uh, you know, we see Ruth marrying an Israelite man who, who tra- travelled to her country with his mum, Naomi. Uh, and after the husband dies, uh, the mother-in-law, Naomi, decides to return back to Israel. Uh, and Ruth uh, looks to try and go with her, um, but Naomi pleads for her not to. Uh, and that's where we pick up in chapter 1, verse 14. Um, it says, Then they lifted up their voices and wept again. Uh, and Orpah kissed her, her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to return from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people should be my people and your God my God. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain. In this passage, we see Ruth goes with Naomi to Israel to care for her. Uh, She she leaves behind the country she's known. She goes to a foreign land. What a a massive disruptive change. How, How many of us here have been through that and can imagine what it's like to lift up your whole life and move to another country? Yeah, she, she moves and then she goes to work in the field to provide and care for Naomi. Um, and this morning, actually, as we talk, think about the characteristic of caring, I want to highlight right at the beginning that you know, this isn't about the strong caring for the weak. Uh, this is about caring for others out of our weakness. Yeah, if you look at Ruth here, she isn't caring for Naomi from a position of strength. Um, you know, yet from her position of weakness, we see she does care for Naomi. She goes with her. She goes to the field to get food for her. And so right at the beginning, I want to encourage you not to disqualify yourself from this. If Ruth can care for Naomi, then we can care for those around us in our weakness and in the business of life. You know, why do we care for people? We, we care for others because we are first being cared for. You know, we've been, we're first cared for by Jesus. It's, it's in his strength. You know, Jesus saw us. He, he saw our mess. He saw our weakness. Uh, and yet he cares for us. He cares for us enough to come to earth and to die on the cross for us, right? And so because we have experienced the ultimate caring in Jesus, we get to care for others. You're not out of our own strength, but out of our weakness. Yeah, this means that regardless of where you are in life, you can care for others. Even as life is just stupidly hard, uh, you know, like Ruth, you can still show God, God's love and care for other people around you. 
Yeah, in the build-up to this, I, I was pondering my own response. Um, and I found, I found so many excuses popping up in my head, some too stupid to mention. You know, I, you know, I'm, not, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at caring for people. I'm too busy. I'm, I'm just socially awkward. <laughs> I, 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 and I just kept on over and over again finding I was going back to my strengths and you know, what I think I'm good at rather than saying, you know what, I might be a bit rubbish at this, but God's not. And in, in my weakness, with his strength, I can go and I can care for those around me. Now, I'm reminded that God can even use me. Um, not my natural strengths or weakness, but he can use me. Now, I'm reminded that even in the darkest times of life, that the Lord is at hand, that he's right there with us, and that when I rest in him, you know, he's got me. Uh, and if he's got me, then he can use me to impact the lives of those around me. You know, filled with the Holy Spirit, falling back on his strength, we can care for those around us and have a profound impact on them, even at the worst of times. You know, like Ruth, out of a place of being widowed and being in a foreign country, she still cared for those around her. And I think we can do the same. We can care for others out of our weakness, wherever we find ourselves. And to be honest, actually, that's so true of just everything we're talking about in this series. You know, we... It's so, like, so much of what we do in life, right? it's about how good we are and about how strong we are. But in all the different characteristics we've talked about, you know, out, out of our weakness, in God's strength, we can be involved in this as a family. You know, God, has a, God has a purpose for us, right? We, you know, we are uniquely designed, uniquely placed in our life, in our real day-to-day life. Like God doesn't commission us in this airy-fairy world where he doesn't know what's going on. He knows he knows that Monday is going to be rubbish. He knows that Tuesday afternoon is going to be terrible. And yet he commissions us to go out of that weakness to the people around us. So let me encourage you, as we talk about caring, don't, don't rule yourself out. You know, come on the journey with us on this. The, the second thing uh, I wanted to pull out, actually, I was really struck with him this week, and it's almost the opposite side of caring. And it was in Naomi's initial response to being cared for. She says, see, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. You know, as, I, as I thought about it in this last week, I was really struck by the question, um, are you in a position to be cared for? And I was pondering that, you know, in order for someone to care for you, you need to open up your life enough that people know you need care. And I guess it was a challenge for me, and it's a challenge for you, you know, that the Christian life isn't meant for isolation. The idea of family we read about isn't an empty gesture. You know, it's not like some of the bad family experiences we might have had. You know, it's, when we let our brothers and sisters in, in this room, you know, we, we can be cared for. And I, I was pondering it mainly because I'm really bad at this. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm a, in some ways a typical British man. If you ask me how I am, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm okay. I'd probably say I'm a bit busy, but you know, I'm, I'm not very good at admitting my weaknesses, and I'm not very good sometimes at therefore being cared for. Alina's smiling because she knows she has to grill me to get out of me to tell, to tell her the truth, right? Um, but I was really struck that actually, if that's the thing that I struggle with, it's probably a thing that other people struggle with, right? And obviously I know I've made it really awkward for after the service when someone says, how are you doing? Because you're going to desperately think of something other than, I'm fine. Um, but you know, there's something uh, Matt Chandler said ages ago, which has stuck with me. And he said, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, it's just not okay to be there. 
And that stuck with me for years and years and years. Just, it's okay to admit that you need caring for. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're a church family here. We've got you. you know, Jesus has got you. you know, Jesus has connected you with a church family. And you know, we, can, we can work with you to care for you. Um, so, do you get my heart there? I, I think it's that there's, there's kind of two things there. And I, I really want to encourage us to be a people who are open with each other about this. And we'll talk about it a bit more in a moment. Because I, I think there's two, as I prayed about this, there was two broad groups of people I wanted to talk about caring for this morning. Uh, one was about kind of caring for our church family, which kind of leads from where we just spoke there. And secondly, I wanted to talk about caring for our wider community, so those around us in our real lives. Um, but before we did that, I just felt just reminded it can be really easy to talk about those kind of generic groups of people, but I, I was just reminded, you know, don't forget about those closest to you. I guess just a little challenge there was, you know, men, are you taking care of your wives? You know, wives, are you taking care of your husbands? Parents, are you taking care of your kids? Kids, are you taking care of your parents? Um, just a little prompt there just to ponder how we're caring for those closest to us. Um, so, firstly, I want to talk about caring for, our, for the church family. Uh, and I want to talk about that out of uh, John 13, verses 34 and 35. Um, there Jesus is speaking, and he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. You know, my hope is that as a church family, you know, one church, two sites, next week, all together, you know, we would be a people who love each other, a family who love each other, uh, who, who care for each other, and we do it in such a way that it marks us out as different. You know, my hope is that we sacrificially care for each other in a deep and joyful way, to look after each other in whatever way is needed. And you know, when we do that, people, people notice like, I always think back to when both our kids were born. Um, yeah, a number of people in this church family uh, like cooked us food. And it was a really simple, practical way of caring for us. But you know, when I told my friends at work, you know, do you know these people, they, they cooked us food. They, were, they couldn't believe it. They, it, just, it was so outside of their frames of reference of a thing someone would do for you that they were, they were astounded. I, and so I think there are so many things we, we do for a church family that are so countercultural now that make us stand out. And you know, I think, as a site, I think we're really good at this. You know, I've observed so many of you looking after each other in moments of crisis and just in the day-to-day life. And so I think this is something we're, we are strong at as a site. I think if, if Rich and Jess were here, were here I'd be saying you know, how, how, how good they are at being pastoral and looking after us. Um, and, but you know, I, I think there's always, there's always more, right? There's always more we can be, be doing in Jesus. And so you know, what, what does it mean? I think it means that we, we care for people who are around us in our church family. Like it literally means the people who are behind you and next to you. And if I was Andy Woodward, I'd get you to stand up and tell three people, but we won't. But you know, that it's... It's literally, it's literally the people around you who we're talking about. They're, they're the ones who you, you, know, you get the privilege of caring for. They're, they're the ones who get the privilege of caring for you. Uh, and you know, sometimes that means it'll be people who are just like you. you know, and sometimes it'll mean it's people who are completely different to you in all kinds of different ways. 
You know, it's, it's the kind of thing that makes the world scratch its head, right? When we do things that just don't make any sense in, in our culture, but we do it because God calls us to do it. You know, practically, it, it's what all this free sea stuff is all about. You know, care, community, connect. You know, looking out for those of us who are in our community. You know, it's one of the great benefits of being in a small group. And, you know, caring, caring can take so many different forms, right? It, it, can, be, it can be emotional, it can be, it can be physical, uh, it can be that, that quick WhatsApp just at the right moment. Uh, I think just the number of times I'll just use you, Alina, as you know, I know you best. Um, you, know, you have this just knack of sending a WhatsApp to someone, and it just so happens to be the perfect moment that person needs, needs encouraging, needs caring for. You, know, you just have those Holy Spirit prompts of uh, just that right moment to care for someone. It can be small things like that. It, you know, it can be giving someone a lift. It, it can be time together. It can be time in prayer. You know, it can be quick one-offs. It can be crisis support. You, know, you could be in it for the long haul, you know, years of diligent support. You know, caring expresses itself in so many different ways. And you know, each of us will have natural giftings in different areas, right? There'll be some things we're really, really strong at, and there's some we're not good at. But that's where we, you know, that's where we lean into the Holy Spirit. You know, for me, you know, I'm, I guess I'm quite good at care in a crisis. I'm quite good at dropping everything uh, when something goes wrong. You know, I'm there. You know, I think about like when stuff's happened in my family, like you know, I've had to like just you know drop everything and drive to a hospital and stuff like that. You know, I'm I'm really good at that. I'm less good at the next six months of recovery where you've got to be there all the time. You know, just recognise that's not necessarily my strength. Um, but you know. That, you know, just because I'm rubbish and weak at it, uh, that doesn't mean God can't use me, right? You know, despite our natural weaknesses, uh, we can still be part of this. Why? Well, God, the Holy Spirit. You know, he, he sends his Holy Spirit to bridge the gap between my human failings and what's needed. You know, I, I just love that. I love that means that not one of us is disqualified from this, that not one of us can't be God's instrument to care for people. And I... I think it's so brilliant because, frankly, I, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I'd be a bit useless <laughs> at this. And so I'm, I love that you know, God can come and he can fill us and he can use us well beyond our natural giftings, well beyond my natural giftings. And as I said earlier, you know, I think we're, we're doing this. I think we're caring for one another well. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes do we drop the ball? Yeah, you know, we do. We're, we are human. And, you know, sometimes that's you know, me personally dropping the ball. Sometimes that's us corporately. And then where we do that, you know, genuinely, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. You know, we want to be a church who look after our church family well. But I want to encourage us as a family to press into this together, to forgive mistakes and look and pray for opportunities to care for one another. You know, let me encourage you to be deliberate in this. Uh, let me encourage you to be, a, be active and caring for your church family. You know, pray and ask God for opportunity. Ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, to bridge the gap between where you are and what's needed. And then, you know, typically as I find, when you pray and you ask for opportunity, God tends to provide opportunity, right? And then you get that awkward moment. You know, you've asked God to give you opportunity. The opportunity's there, but you've still got to, you've still got to step in and take it, right? I, I can tell stories when I have absolutely chosen to, you know, to go that way. Uh, I want to encourage you, just in that awkward moment, 
you know, what are you going to do? I encourage you to, I encourage you to press in. You know, st- step in, go for it. Uh, and you know, you never know when the smallest thing can change someone's life. Well, I can think of little one-liners that people have said to me over the years that have just, you know, impacted me significantly. But I can also think, I suppose, you know, saying the other way, I can think of other people who invested in me for years and decades and cared for me. So I want to encourage you, yeah, to be a people who care for our church family. The second area I want to talk about was caring for our wider community. You know, as well as caring for our church family, we're called to look beyond, you know, out there uh, in our communities, our families, our jobs, our, our streets. You know, there are so many people who need Jesus and so many people who need caring for. You know, look at Jesus. He, he didn't just you know, stay with the disciples. He, he didn't just go to the holy people. He went to the poor, the marginalized, the different. And he calls us to do the same, right? You know, corporately as a church, that, that means we use our resources to care for our community. You know, I think about the Grove. I think about face to face. You know, just just last week, I think about you know, we, we put on um, we put on sausage and mash for a, a whole bunch of homeless people. Uh, it's so fantastic to see kind of some of the stories coming out of that of just the utter surprise that people seem to care about them. Um, I just think it's brilliant that you know, corporately we get to do that. You know, it's what's behind you know our involvement in the new in, in the community centres from September. Yeah, personally, it's what's behind my involvement there. You know, this community, like literally this triangle of space of, of houses behind us, is yeah, it's crying out for the love of Jesus. Uh, and who better to show them than you and me? You know, we we have an amazing opportunity of these community centres to radically impact uh, this community. Uh, and I'm, I'll keep on telling you, I am excited about what it can be. I, I am excited to think about how lives can be changed. You know, I, I have the privilege of taking Neve to school kind of half a mile that way, and so I get the privilege of, because that's, what, a quarter of a mile from the Jubilation Centre, I, I get to meet and be around a lot of the community on, on my Mondays and Tuesdays when I take her. And, you know, as, I, as I'm at the school gates and I'm hearing stories and I'm talking to people, there, there are just tens and hundreds and more people who are just crying out to be cared for, crying out for the love of Jesus. And I think this is such a fantastic opportunity for us to, to, to spread Jesus' word and to care for them practically. Um, so I really want to encourage you, keep on praying for it. Keep on, keep, keep on keeping on. And as time goes by, you know, there's going to be loads of opportunities to get involved. I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, in particular, and I shared last week, but sharing again, we're, we're looking as part of this to, uh, to create a new paid role uh, of community centre coordinator, who's going to be like, it's going to be a key role for us, uh, really running the centres day to day, being the main point of contact for the community, um, and that's something we're kind of, a role we're currently advertising at the moment, looking to fill uh, over the next kind of month or so. Um, but if if that kind of rings a bell, kind of think, oh, I'd love to find out more about that. I have some very fancy looking job descriptions in this in these envelopes um, that I'd really love to kind of give to you and chat about it more afterwards because you never know I suppose the, you know, we talk about caring we talk about following God's leading you know sometimes God makes small asks sometimes God says change your job I'm not saying that 
you know, that's just me talking. I'm not saying that's God, but you know, God, right? Sometimes God prompts us small. Other times he prompts us to go all in. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll leave that out there. Um, you know, we're, we're each called to care for our community. You know, the, what do I mean? I mean the real people we meet in our real lives. And that's different for each of us, right? Uh, you know, it's your neighbors, it's your colleagues, it's your friends. You know, no matter who they are, you know, God doesn't discriminate. God loves all of them, yeah, even them. <laughs> yeah, Jesus cared for these people so much that he went to the cross. Yeah, man, he, he loves them. What hope there is for them. You know, no one who's in, our, who's in our community around us is beyond Jesus. And so I was just reminded again, how do we see people? How do we view people who we come into contact with? You know, if we see people the way Jesus sees them, it radically alters how, how we see the people around us. You know, we, it really draws home that they are worth caring for. You know, so many people in our communities don't feel, worth, you know, don't feel like they're worth anything. But Jesus just screams, you are so worth it. And the same for all of you, right? You know you're worth it, right? Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. you know, there's no such thing as an unimportant person to Jesus. You know, think back to Ruth, you know, a widow in a foreign land, you know, picking things up from a field. Yet yeah, God saw her as important. And his plan for her life you know, ended up being part of the family tree of Jesus. You know, there's no such thing as an unimportant person. You know, I've talked a number of times about the, the Tesco test, um, but it works for me, so I'll say it again. You know, when you go to Tesco and you're surrounded by a couple of hundred people, uh, how do you view them? Do you even see them? Do you even recognize them as people? Are they just obstacles to avoid your trolley? Yeah. Do you, what are they? are they? Are they like that? Or are they living souls in desperate need of salvation? You know, what, how do you see them? And the same, you know, same when you're walking down your street. You know, I think when I'm walking down you know, past my neighbors to the local shop, like how do I see those guys? I think, it, I think when you... When you see people like, how you, like Jesus sees them, it changes your perception. So let me encourage you, I guess, to, scare, to, to pray a scary prayer. You know, ask Jesus to break your heart for your community. Ask Jesus to break your heart you know, for your family, for your neighbors, for your colleagues at work, whoever it is. Ask them to give him eyes to see him like he does. I say scary because I think, man, I know if I had those eyes on all the time, that would radically alter some of the things I do. But I... I think it would be such a blessing for our community. You know, when you interact with people and you show them the love of Jesus, you never know what impacts it will have. You know, thinking about my own life again, you know, I, there are so many different types of people I interact with uh, and so many people who so need the love of Jesus. You know, so I think about my neighbours, you know, the, the kind of 20-somethings next door and the 90-somethings the other side. You know, I think about the guy in the corner shop I chat to. You know, I think about my colleagues at work, both those more junior to me and those more senior. You know, the ones with the, the ones with the spaghetti, the the spaghetti monster <laughs> car stickers, all kinds of weird and funny people uh, who so need Jesus. Right, I think about my family. You know, I think about you know those related to me who need Jesus. You know, I think about those I meet at the school gates. You know, for each of us, I'm sure there's loads of people we can think of who we meet and interact with who need Jesus. Who, who need to be cared for. You know, one of the things I, I always think about, um, 
just in this, is just the different ways we can care and interact with them. I always think about Neve. So Neve's, well, she's five, and she's in reception at school. Um, and just the way it's worked out, a whole bunch of her friends are Polish, uh, and some of them don't speak English. When they first started, didn't speak English very well. And so off her back, Neve went and started learning Polish. And when I asked her why, she was like, well, it's so I can translate for my friends, so that, you know, for the teacher. And it's, it's really sweet and lovely, but I just thought, what, what a great demonstration of caring for some people who are completely different to her, right? Um, and it's, it's really sweet watching her. So she'll go and talk to their parents, and she'll kind of... She'll say, you know, good morning, how are you in Polish? Uh, and it's, it's lovely to watch. Um, but, it's, you know, such a simple way. You know, how cared for do those children feel because someone, you know, took the effort to try and be like them? You know, there's so many small little things we can do. You know, let me encourage you as, you, as you go about your day-to-day, have your Jesus eyes on. You know, you never know how Jesus can use you. Yeah to care for those around you. you know, I just reminded again, last month we were, we were walking back from um, picking up Simeon from the childminder and we saw this kind of boy who looked quite upset in the street. And in the end, we, you know, we stopped and we chatted to him and it turned out he'd kind of you know, run away from his mum. And so we ended up, you know, we stopped, we, we chatted, we got the police to come and you know, kind of gone back to his mum. But even just in that, you know, having your eyes on to recognise that, you know, that little boy... You know, needed some help, and um, just being able to kind of speak some truth to him in life, you know, to remind him that you know he's you know he's loved by Jesus, you know that he's cared for, that he is, he is he is worth something. Like just in that moment, just because we kind of spotted him, you know, being able to speak into his life. Uh, and so I think just yeah, have your Jesus eyes on. Sometimes it might be scary like that, like just going and speaking to a complete stranger. Sometimes it's I don't know, it's texting your mum and saying hey. Love you. You were right. Um, yeah, there's so many different things. How, how do we see people? You know, do we see them as worth our time, as worth our attention? You know, Jesus does, right? Jesus loves them so much. And John, you know, I believe as we as we look to care for those in our community, as we look to take steps to how we can meet the physical and emotional needs of our community, that you know, I have faith that God moves. You know, I have faith and I believe that God speaks. And I believe God can use us, even in our weakness, to change the lives of those around us. You know, even, you know, he can use even us. You know, I believe that God can change our communities as we reach out and care for them. You know, I, I just have such faith that as, as individuals, each one of us looks to care for, our, care for those who are around us, that God can and will change families, change streets, change jobs, change change whole communities uh, as he moves, as we go. So I guess just to, just to finish up, you know, we, you know, we're called to care. We're called to care for one another, to love one another. You know, as Ruth shows, this, this is for all of us, right? None are disqualified. Every one of us in our weakness can be used by God to affect change in those around us by showing the love of God. You know, the great news is that even in our brokenness, even in our mess, even in our sin, God can use us for his plans and purposes. He calls us, each one of us, to care for people just where we are. Yeah, in our church family and outside, he knows the circumstances we're in and he calls us to step into them. Yeah, let me encourage you, come on the journey of this. Take, 
Take small baby steps on the journey of caring for those around you. you know, ask God to help, him, help you see people like he does. Ask him to fill, fill you with his Holy Spirit. Ask him to give you opportunity. I'm excited to think how God can, how God can change, change things, how he can impact someone's life as we faithfully discharge what God's done. I would love it if, each, if you know, even in this coming week we all prayed that prayer, give us an opportunity big and small. And next week, could you imagine it if every one of us was lining up at the front saying, you won't believe it, I, I did this and then God did that and then I did this and then God did this thing. Like, it's what we want, right? We want to... We want to see God move in the people around us, right? We want to see like I'm, I want to be more, I want to be more desperate, I suppose, to see my communities changed. I want God to burn that desire in me more and more uh, to see our communities change, and I pray it'd be the same for all of us. You know, I said at the beginning that I want to encourage us, and I do want to encourage us to keep on keep on going this, but don't be satisfied. I'll ask God for more. You know. Who, Who's God calling you to? Why don't we, uh, why don't we stand? Um, let me ask you, who, um, who's the Holy Spirit calling you to? Who's the Holy Spirit calling you to in this room right now? Who's the Holy Spirit calling you, calling you to in kind of real life? Yeah. As I was prepping, I just felt God would place people, you know, particular people, particular individuals on our hearts. Well, let's take a moment just to pray. Um, pray and just ask God to, to fill us with the Holy Spirit again for this. Uh, ask God to give us opportunity. Uh, ask God for courage. Um, and just right now, we're just, just going to go silent for a moment. Just take a moment to say, to ask God who. Who is, who is it for me? Who's the person I'm talking about for me? So let's just pray for ourselves for one moment. Jesus, thank you. Yeah, thank you that you, uh, you love the people in this room. Thank you, you love the people I interact with day to day. Yeah, thank you, you love them enough to go to the cross. Jesus, I pray you would help me, help us uh, see people how you see them. Jesus, I pray you would, you would fill me up with your Holy Spirit again and again and again to make up for my weaknesses. Lord, give me strength in you as we fall back in you. And as you do that, Lord, would you give us opportunity, even this afternoon, even in the next 10 minutes, to care for those around us? Do you pray, Lord, give us supernatural courage and boldness to, to do what you ask. And I pray as you do that, Lord, would you, uh, would you change lives? Like, really, really change lives, like not playing around like eternal salvation like broken families rehealed broken communities mended like for reals God would you break in and break in and impact and change our community yeah, pray in your mighty name God Amen